welcome back to Things You Should Know, the podcast that gives you facts, tidbits, and things you should know. Once again, I'm joined by Stephanie Smith, my mother, and we're jumping right in. Well, I've got another one here. This one is about filing taxes. Super exciting. (laughs) Um, This post says, you should still file a a federal tax return even if you're not required to. Uh, Why you should know, in the U.S., if you don't meet the income requirement to have a federal tax liability, you can still file a return anyways and get a refund of the money that was withheld by your employer for federal taxes. Um, This one's got some fun comments. Uh, One of them says, thank you, IRS. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's lots of funny posts like that. Um, One of the comments says, Um, Also, you should get your taxes set up so that you get as close to possible as $0 on the return for both state and federal. That way there's more money in your pocket every paycheck, and in the famous words of Dave Ramsey, don't give the government an interest-free loan. Good advice. I didn't know that. I usually get a pretty decent size return, and I like to think of it as, like, almost like I'm okay with them you know, keeping a little extra because it comes back to me in the end. And then whenever I get the refund, I use it towards things that I'm, like, paying off or, like, I put it towards um, sometimes a purchase that I've been waiting to make or, um, you know, paying off the rest of a loan that I have. So I actually did something different this year with my payroll deductions because, you know, taxes are automatically taken out. You don't have a choice. Um, but you do get to choose how many exemptions you have and how many, you know, the, the, the way that it's being calculated. And so I changed that because I no longer had a dependent at home. But I also told it to take an extra $10 out of each of my checks so that there's less chance of me having to owe money and the greater chance that I will get a bigger refund because that $10 that I don't need to be paying will come back to me. And, you know, when I get my refund, it'll, it'll all come back. So that's $120 extra that I will get that's guaranteed back to me. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, let's go ahead and scoot on into the next one. Uh, you should know, uh, this one is, um, I think it might be common sense for the both of us, um, but not everybody was taught how to drive the same way. This one's about driving. You should know that semi-truckers or anyone with a trailer needs room to turn. It's why you should know. If you're at a stoplight and see a semi turning toward you, you need to give them at least two cars length of room. Don't make their job harder than it already is. I've seen this a lot. <laughs> I've had a couple of uh, incidents with semis uh, turning uh, back in high school, Uh, three three separate occasions actually, (laughs) Um, and I think this is definitely fair, but at the same time, some of those incidents I had could have been um, could have been avoided Um, had I done this, or had the semi maybe just waited for me to go first. Um, so one of those times I was, um, dropping off a friend from school and I had just 
gone through a stoplight and come up to a stop sign and I didn't notice um, anyone else at like the four-way stop and there was actually a semi to my right in the four-way stop and I was pretty much bumper to the crosswalk and so um, before I can go after I've stopped the semi came out and started turning well, I, I'm looking up and I see this middle of the trailer coming right for me and I'm like, I'm about to lose my head, <laughs> literally. And I started freaking out, so I threw it in reverse. It didn't seem like the truck was going to slow down at all. I threw it in reverse and I backed up about 10 or 15 feet. And right as I was slowing down, I actually uh, backed into somebody who I didn't notice had come up behind me. Um, and you know, in my opinion and in my perspective, it was entirely the semi's fault because they, you know, they could have stopped in the middle of their turn and waited for me to move. Um, or, you know, I, if I hadn't moved, you know, I wonder if they would have hit me, um, or if anything else would have happened. But, um, you know, that was my fault. And so I got out and the person behind me was headed to pick up a kid from school and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, like that semi was turning and I thought he was going to hit me and there was no damage to the other person's vehicle and they were like, oh, oh, it's okay, it's okay, like I gotta get to the school and pick up my kid. Um, so I went home that day and, you know, I thought I learned, but it happened again another time <laughs> on a separate occasion and that time I had a friend with me, I was like, stick your arm out the window and wave to the person behind us and... Oh, goodness, they couldn't back up fast enough. <laughs> so, yeah, this is definitely super important. Um, I kind of look out for that now, now that I'm a few years older. I, um, I definitely stop far behind the crosswalk, like far, <laughs> and I, uh, I look out for semis, and if I see one turning left in front of me, I definitely stay back about one or two car lengths so that if they do cut across that line my car is not sitting on it very true also when they're turning right sometimes they'll have to be in the middle lane to turn right and they don't want you to go over to turn right and try to like cut them off because they will exactly the same way as turning left not be able to see you and slam right into you mm -hmm. i so. saw this uh i was actually on my way to work this morning and I saw a semi do this, um, they were pretty much in the middle of two lanes, the left turn lane and the straight or right turn lane, and I saw it, and so I stopped, like, ten feet behind the back of the trailer, and somebody was coming up on my left to get in the turn lane, and I was just thinking to myself, like, man, I hope they, you know, stay back and give them some room, because... Sure enough, he turned, um, turned right, and he turned into the left lane because he needed that much room. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. Um, okay, I think we're just going to do one more. Um, this one is, uh, pertains to laundry. Um, doing the laundry. So, you should know, laundry softener builds up gunk in your washing machine. Why you should know. It can ruin your washing machine over time and cause buildup, which can cause your clothes to be not so clean. It also has a chemical known to cause irritation and asthma flare-ups, not to mention it's horrible for marine life. Instead, use a little bit of white vinegar, softens clothes just as well, and takes away mildew smell. Interesting. Yeah. I had heard this, um, I had heard this before, um, probably this year or last year. Um, and I 
being a cheap college student, I haven't used laundry softener or fabric softener um, for a long time anyways. Um, but I've actually heard the same thing about dryer sheets, that they're not good for your clothes either. Um, that what they do is they actually, if you've ever picked up a dryer sheet and it feels kind of waxy or filmy on the outside, it's because it kind of is and it'll leave that wax or film on your clothes and actually make them get dirty faster because things will like, well, I feel like things would like stick to it. Um, but it, that dryer sheet, like everything in that kind of builds up on your clothes. Mm -hmm. um, they've come up with a good alternative to those things, to th those types of things, um, which is uh, the dry, like the wool dryer balls, which um, are really good. They help soften your clothes naturally. They don't harm anything. Um, it's just like a soft little cloth ball, basically, that's made of wool, and it just tosses everything around. It kind of reduces wrinkles. Um, some people will put a couple of drops of... Um, like essential oils on there to make it smell good, which is, you know, as long as they're natural and they're, you're not allergic to any of those things, you put the drops on the ball, you wait a minute for it to soak in there, and then it, like, releases those scents into the clothing and stuff without harming the clothes. So, I mean, and those are reusable, reusable for, you know, ever until um, they fall apart. Um, I have about five of them, and I just leave two in the dryer every, you know, so they're pretty they're not real expensive but they do help and i haven't used fabric softener in a long time either i don't actually use laundry detergent anyway i use laundry detergent sheets they're just little uh looks like a thin little piece of paper and you throw one in there and then there's zero waste so it's pretty fabulous <laughs> all right yeah i had heard of those um I also recently heard that um, dishwasher detergent in the pods is not good for the environment either and has mm -hmm. like different like micro things in it mm -hmm. that like when they go into the water it's not good for the water and like I don't think it said anything about like it's bad for your dishes but it's bad for water I guess. For where the water goes and ends up yeah. Mm -hmm. There are um, alternatives to that too. There's um I use a lot of the, the products on, it's called Blue Land. Um, it's a web, it's a internet site, it's a website. They have a lot of natural products that are better for the environment. They reduce waste, they reduce um, uh, single use plastics, et cetera. And it comes in like a little, like a little metal tin. And they're just, it's just the dishwasher tabs. You just like pull it out of the tin and grab it right in there. There's no plastic, there's no nothing. It just, the whole thing dissolves. Mm -hmm. um, so it's another good for the environment thing. So not sponsored. Yep. <laughs> huh? I said not sponsored. <laughs> no, not sponsored. They're not a sponsor, but I just like them. They're good. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me today. And for everybody out there listening, be sure to tune in to the next one where I'll be talking more about things that you should know.